nobody's heart is really good for much until it has been smashed to little bits. So said poet Elizabeth Bishop, who knew more than most people about having her heart broken. The American Poet Laureate and Pulitzer Prize winner, born in Worcester, Massachusetts in 1911, had a childhood marked by loneliness, sickness, and cruelty. She escaped her troubled past through her travels, which could be interpreted as an eternal search for the home she never felt she had. By 1971, Bishop had returned to the United States and was teaching poetry at various universities for her living, as the trust fund left by her father had dwindled to almost nothing. The relationship with Suzanne was over, and Bishop's health continued to deteriorate. Things took a turn for the better, however, when she arrived at Harvard to begin her teaching contract there. Because she resisted the fashionable trend of trashing your ex-lovers in public through your poems, her work remains timeless and universal. She gives room to the reader to place themselves into the center of the story. This quality allows each of us to see our own struggles, losses, and insecurities in Bishop's life, in her poems, in her story. When I started teaching at Harvard, I met a lovely young woman named Alice. She was the secretary at Kirkland House, where I was staying. We started travelling together. I started a poem called The Breakfast Song for her. My love, my saving grace, your eyes are awfully blue. I kiss your funny face. Your coffee-flavoured mouth. Ugh. But I did tell you I was very good at losing things. Here's a letter I wrote in 1975. To Dr. Annie Bauman. November 29, 1975. It was good to hear your voice just now. If I take the nine o'clock shuttle plane, I can be at your office easily by eleven. I might fly over the night before, but either way I'll be there. And sober. Please, don't worry about that. What I'm writing to ask is this. Please don't just discuss drinking with me, or scold me for any past lapses, please. There were two or three bad days about two weeks ago now. And I've talked and talked about this. Of course I know I shouldn't drink. And I try hard not to. I've missed only one class in five years because of drink. And I have never taken a drink before a class. I feel I simply can't bear to hear another word on the subject. The last time was because of other problems. And they are really very difficult and sad ones. And I think you might help me with the worst of them, possibly. If anyone can. That and my physical state of decay, or whatever it is, are what I want to see you about. I feel I can't bear to be made to feel guilty one more time about the drinking. There are things that are worse, I think. I hope you can help me with them. At least, I'm sure you're a more thorough 
and careful and smarter doctor than anyone I know here, nice as they've been to me, and, as you said, you do know all my past history far, far better. <laughs> I also like you a lot better. Alice left me. Well, it's hard to explain. A, a lot of things, really. She thought she wanted to marry this fellow, and... <sighs> You'd think I'd have learned by now, right? I've been working on this villa now. It's about her, but I don't want to make it too obvious. How to lose things. Mm. The gift of losing things. Yeah. Ah. The art of losing things. This is by way of introduction. I really want to introduce myself. I am such a fantastically good at losing things. I think everyone should profit from my experiences. One peninsula and one island. A small sized town and many smaller bits of geography and scenery. Ah, a splendid beach, and a good sized bay. A good piece of one continent and another continent. The whole damned thing. One might think that this would have prepared me for losing one average-sized not especially no, that doesn't work exceptionally beautiful or dazzlingly intelligent person Except for blue eyes. Hmm. Only the eyes were exceptionally beautiful and the hands looked. Looked. Intelligent. 
The fine hands. But it doesn't seem to have at all. The art of losing's not so hard to master. But won't help think of that disaster. No, I'm lying. All that I write is false. It's evident the art of losing isn't hard to master. Oh no. Anything at all, anything but one's love. Say it. Disaster. And losing you now. A special voice. A gesture doesn't mean I've lied. No, no. It's evident. The loss of love is possible to master, even if this looks like I did, like disaster. <laughs> Two, Catherine White, editor, The New Yorker. I'm having a poem in your magazine fairly soon. The one and only villanelle of my life. It is very sad. It makes everyone weep. So I think it must be rather good in its awful way. I never found out if losing Alice could be mastered because she came back. I don't know what I would have done without her. She did so much for me. People say my poetry opened up when I was with her. Maybe they're right. Who am I to say? She was helping me with some rescheduled classes. I was about to start teaching at MIT when I collapsed. Cerebral aneurysm. Alice found me and sorted everything out as usual. Luckily, I had already chosen my epitaph. All the untidy activity continues, awful but cheerful. I trust that it eventually made it onto my headstone. 